If you are not on LinkedIn, you are missing out on a wealth of opportunities. There is so much potential to connect with the brands that you want to work with. And today we're diving in exactly how to do that with LinkedIn expert, Shel Shapiro. You're listening to the Brand Camp Podcast, a podcast for food content creators who want to level up and build a creative business that's profitable and enjoyable. I'm your host, Jennifer Hulley. Let's dive in. Hey, Shell, thanks for being on the show. Hey, Jen, thanks so much for having me today. I'm so excited to be here and dive into how your content creators and foodies can build the best personal brand they can on LinkedIn. I'm super excited to talk about this too, because I know nothing about LinkedIn. (laughs) So this is good for me as well. LinkedIn is something that is like, in my head all the time. And I'm like, I got to get on LinkedIn. I got to figure this out. And like, I'm on LinkedIn, but I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, And it's something that I hear a lot from other food photographers, food bloggers, anyone that's looking to work with brands or businesses. We all kind of like know we should be there, but we, we don't really know what to do. And I think it's because we're so used to like a visual platform like Instagram put your pictures up. Everything's fine and dandy, but um, we're going to talk about it today and you're going to hold our hand and walk us through the forest and make it not so scary for us. Uh, But before we do that, why don't you just give us a little introduction to who you are, what you do, everything, the Shell 101. Yeah. uh, So first, let me start off by saying you are not alone. Uh, I myself, not too long ago, had no idea how to use LinkedIn and it was just something that as I was building my personal brand and my business, I needed to be on it more and more. And I kind of like started figuring out the details of who I was and how I wanted to show up. And that's how my company Shell Station really came to fruition. So in case you don't already know this, I'm Shell, uh, founder of Shell Station. I am a LinkedIn connection facilitator and career success coach that empowers creatives just like you to find the career of your dreams. And we use LinkedIn as the tool, as the platform to get you there. So I'm excited to dive in more with you guys. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because like I said, it's something, there's so much potential. There are so many companies and brands and businesses on LinkedIn. And I feel like there's a lot of untapped potential for creative people, content creators, all of it. Um, But before we really talk about it and dive into it, can you just Let's do it like a basics. What is LinkedIn and why should we care about it as creatives? Because I'll say from my own perspective, I'm always like, hmm, nobody uses LinkedIn. People that use LinkedIn is for like, it has this concept that it was for um, very like traditional corporate, that kind of networking. Right. And I think that that is doing it a disservice. Like that's too simplistic to look at it that way. So can you just give us a rundown? What is it? Why should I care about it? Yeah, that's such a great question because it's not like any other social media platform. And yes, it is a social media platform, but it is the social media platform for business networking. That means that you're not just using LinkedIn to job search. You're not just using it to make sales and connect with other people. You are doing those things, but you're taking those to the next level. And it's like, especially for creatives, you're using LinkedIn 
as a place to house your personal brand, your style, everything that you want to do for people, how you want to show up, the things that are important to you to talk about, where Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, other social media platforms are just for being social and for like showing off a little bit. It's not as much intended to be used as platforms to show how you can help people. And I think that's what's missed about LinkedIn. You can really assert yourself and create this expert platform, this presence to add value to your 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 lives, like to any of your audience. You can do that and not have to sell at all. It's such an underutilized platform. You're right. It is for business networking. It is for engaging. And it is a totally different way to do it than you're used to on other social media like Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. And that'll I will like fully own it. That is why I avoid it because I'm like, I don't understand this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I did. I used to think it was just job searching because it's, it's confusing because it is, like you said, it is a social media platform, but it's so different than what the other platforms look like because yeah, there are, there is that like built-in job search functionality you still have a profile there's like you can make content and post it but it's it's more than just like the stream of images you'd see on Instagram or the videos on TikTok and I think that can be what deters people from it because it looks like it's too overwhelming or it's too much to wrap our heads around but what you said about like why I think like why are why is everybody at the table when they're there right when they're at on LinkedIn people are there for business networking they're there for sharing expertise learning so it's almost like the users are in a different brain space when they're on the platform themselves right and I'm thinking like you know people who are on Instagram we scroll when we're like waiting in line at the grocery store we're not necessarily in the headspace of like business networking all the way so for food content creators it might be a great space to look into, right? In terms of establishing their authority and their expertise in the uh, genre that they're in. Yeah, absolutely. And so like when you go to Facebook, let's say you're on Facebook a lot, you're in Facebook groups, you're there to build your community and to establish your online presence in that sense. On Instagram, you might be creating video content and, and going live, which you can also do in LinkedIn. And a lot of people don't know that you can go live in LinkedIn. Uh, you can also have groups in LinkedIn, so you can build that community there too. What's great is that they're really starting to build up the platform for creators, for creatives to create video content, to have carousel slides just like on Instagram, to build that authority using the same content in a different way to capture the audience where you actually want to be found. And the more you know, right? If you don't know how to utilize these things, if you don't know that they're there, then you don't, you, you're going to keep getting lost in that sea. You're going to keep drowning and not knowing what to do. And you're going to keep throwing spaghetti up against the wall to see what sticks because you don't know how to do it. But that's where I come in. And I can really show you how to do all like the behind the scenes things, how to set your profile up for success, how to stand in your authority and really own it. Uh, and use those keywords, those hashtags that you're used to using on every other platform, build up that presence where other people can find you. Yeah, it's interesting because the thing I wanted to talk to you about next, and it kind of, you kind of segue into it, were misconceptions that you see people talking about in LinkedIn, whether it's important and like, 
a misconception, I guess, that I had was that like, I had no idea you could do all that. I didn't know you could go live. I didn't know you could do carousel posts and all that. So for me, a misconception was I literally thought that LinkedIn was job postings, profiles, and then you just kind of like linked up with people and you could send them DMs and stuff. Like I had no idea that there was this whole content creation element to it until recently. And I had no idea that there is that element of creativity. Cause I think that for me is a misconception that I see people making about LinkedIn is that maybe it's not a creative platform, but it sounds like that's something that's changing. Yeah, they're definitely heading more and more in that direction, uh, especially in the last few months. One of the newest things um, that's come out over over the summer was the ability to add a cover photo. And why this is really great for creators is because you have like your 30 second pitch. This is your opportunity to get yourself in front of the camera in 30 seconds or less and tell people why it's important for them to work with you, what you do, who you do it for, why this matters, what problem you solve. And you can do it in a variety of different ways. It's almost like creating an Instagram reel, but for LinkedIn. And if you fine tune that message to hone in on exactly who you want to solve the problem for, people are going to be able to find you and they're going to be be able to relate to you that much more quickly because it's you right up front and center. What other platform do you get an intro video? You don't. Yeah. It sounds almost like a mashup between like it's social media. It's like could be a mini version of your website. It sounds like it's an interactive CV. Like it's all encompassing. Oh yeah. And, or it could be, it could be more than that. Like for me, I'm thinking like, like I didn't even have an, I had no idea that it was that complex and it can be that, um, that powerful for you in terms of putting yourself and your stuff out there. Uh, even for food bloggers, you can create articles the same way that you create blog posts. And that creates another source of evergreen content that is now going to be searchable on Google. So you can cross post your, your stuff from your site to LinkedIn and vice versa and link from one to the other and even create a playlist for yourself of like your top 10 articles and, and put that in your featured section, put that in your experience, in your publications. There's so many places to drop these little gems throughout your profile where people can keep seeing different variations of your content and how you solve other people's problems. And it's so, almost like a digital press kit then I'm thinking, right? Like if a yeah, lot oh, of yeah. bloggers and photographers make press kits that we hand out when we're pitching brands and it's like a summary of like, who's my followers, whatever, whatever, but it's samples of work and highlights and press and kit, like press reel that people that you've worked with. And it so is. it almost t- makes a way to take that and make it interactive, right? Instead of just a PDF that you're going to download and, or sort of email to someone for them to download. It is an interactive press kit. It's also your your portfolio. You can link out to your website. You can link to your YouTube. You can link to your blog. You can link to your Instagram. You can link to every other social media platform from LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a place to house it all and also then recreate it, repurpose it to showcase it in a different way. So if you've got videos and you want to repurpose them into shorter video clips, you can do that now too. You can take your videos and turn them into carousel posts. If you want to engage your audience a little bit more, polls are really popular right now. And the more that you engage with polls, the more you're going to see them in your feed, of course. But Mm. 
polls get the most engagement out of like any type of content that people post on LinkedIn right now. And it's because it's the easiest way for people to engage. All you have to do is click the button and, and give your input. You can add a comment too. That's great. Go above and beyond that way. Uh, but polls are the greatest way to gauge your audience, get information that you need, but also give information at the same time. So it like checks all those boxes to fulfill what your audience's needs and what they're looking for. So I guess, yeah, like a misconception is it's just a social media platform because it's not just another social media platform. It's more robust. Absolutely. More powerful. It, it is more powerful. And thank you for bringing that back to, to your question because right. I get lost in the sauce sometimes. But yeah. You've used so many food puns. I'm loving this. <laughs> like throw spaghetti at the wall lost in the sauce we're all foodie people here so we we like what you're dishing up I, I feel like I'm in good company too because there is a science behind the food right there's a science to the madness to the baking to all the things that are coming together to create the whole I mean if you f are following a recipe when you're baking and one thing is off you use salt instead of sugar you use baking powder instead of baking soda it's going to fall flat. It's not going to come out. It's going to taste awful. If you are skipping steps in your LinkedIn profile, in your branding, in the way that you're showing up on this business networking platform, you're going to miss the mark here too. So there is a science behind it. Um, and I think it is very underutilized by creators and service providers. Oh, 100%. I would say it's probably the most underutilized platform. Like if I could say there's a consistent thing that I hear from content creators is that we say, I know I should be on LinkedIn. I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'll get to it later. But we know, we know that we should be on there because the brands that we want to work with are there. Well, let me flip the script a little bit if that's, if that's okay Go with you. Go for it. If, if you were on LinkedIn today, what would you do to connect with the brands that you're connecting, that you want to be connected with? What would I do? Yeah. You're talking to someone who has not posted on LinkedIn in their whole life. That's, that's I okay. would. First, I would go to my, this is why I'm glad we're having this conversation because I'm like, first, I would go to my account and make sure it looks okay and it's up to date and is relevant to the work that I'm doing right now. Um, my gut would tell me that before I reached out to people, I would probably invest time in putting out content and establishing, like you're saying, that no like, and trust and that authority before I just sort of like cold DM someone be like, hey, what's up? You know, because like we don't like we get those on Instagram. We don't like those. Um, so my thought would be that before I would even reach out is I would work I would work on like building the house first or building my space and making sure that it is representative of the skill set that I have and what I think I can do. Yeah. Uh, another great thing that I would suggest doing, especially when you're just getting started on your LinkedIn profile and your presence, is do this in tandem while you're while you're building your profile and building that house. But find those companies that you are in admiration of, that you would love to work with, those dream clients. If they're big brands, if you want to get recognized by them, the easiest way to do that is to start engaging with them on their content. Start making yourself top of mind for them. So I would say, first and foremost, build your, build your house. 
get your things in order and make sure that it is what yes, you want to be Yes, because nobody wants interaction from someone with a dead profile. That That's always creepy, right? When someone's like liking and commenting and you look back, you're like, who is this person? And there's nothing there to verify who they are. Um, yeah, so like absolutely. you're saying two prongs, like build your own space, but then hang out at hang out in their space. Yeah. And so while you're building your space, you can also be hanging out in their space. Go to their company page. Look up, use use LinkedIn as a search engine. Find their company page. Find out whether or not once you're on that company page, you can look at the different tabs. See how often they're posting. The company is where you want to assert yourself and insert yourself into the conversation. If they are posting regularly, engage with those posts. And I don't just mean like, hey, great post. Give at least 10 words to say why you connected with this, why it means something to you. Add something of value to that conversation. And then take it one step further once you're comfortable with that and tag them in your comment, in your response to their post. Why you want to do this. Yeah, why? Is that so that they they see you specifically? They see your comment? It's so that they see you specifically because especially if they're getting a lot of engagement, a lot of comments on their posts, you're not going to see them necessarily in order. And so your comment isn't necessarily going to be the one that's right at the top because people are going to keep adding to that conversation, adding to that conversation. And it's a missed step by a lot of people to not tag the person or the company mm. that they want their the eyeballs of. When you're on LinkedIn, if you're going through your home feed, every time somebody comments on one of your posts or comments on something that you've also commented on, it's going to notify you that somebody's commented on it, that somebody's added to the conversation. But they may miss it if you don't tag them in it. It may not notify them. They might get lost in that sea and never know that you even posted there. So if you tag them, it will send them a notification to be like, hey, Jen, Jen thinks this is hot shit. Like, <laughs> I need to go That's see what probably what, what I would write. <laughs> um, so what are mistakes that you see creatives, creative entrepreneurs, photographers, content creators, what mistakes would you say that you see them making on LinkedIn? Or not necessarily mistakes, but like, what would be a sign that they're not using it in the best way possible. They're not getting the most bang for their buck. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to start off by answering the end of that question first. Go for it. You don't need to be paying for LinkedIn in order to get it to do what you want it to do. So you do not need to be using the pro version or premium sales navigator, any of the other versions. You can do everything that you need to do on the free version. So to get it to be the most bang for your buck, first off, don't pay for it. Uh, second off is you don't need to sell directly. You don't. The way that you show up and promote yourself and the problems that you make yourself available to solve for other people, make it about everybody else and what you can do for them. Add value, add value, add value. I don't mean just like give the answers to everything. Of course, mm-hmm. you need to make this monetizable for you. You need to yeah, absolutely. You need to actually like be be able to pay your bills from this potentially, right? Um, so you don't want to give all the answers away, but you want to be as helpful as possible. It's it's like that book, The Go Giver. You mm. want to have like that giving mentality, and maybe it takes you doing that an X number of times before you get that credibility back, that validity from other people. 
but by giving, you're making the space to be able to receive for yourself. So you don't right. need to be selling all the time. Give, give, And I'm give, thinking give, give. it's coming back to all these things are intertwined, right? Like I'm thinking, okay, you're showing up, you're giving value, content, this and that. That comes back to really also knowing which brands, which businesses, which people you want to work with specifically, like having a really detailed understanding of your ICA, who your ideal client is, so that what you do show up and put out there is valuable, right? Like it's not a place to just go and be like, I'm going to spam the shit out of everybody. There's a lot of businesses on here right? Um, it's not a free for all. It's not just like smashing and grabbing, as I say, you know, where it's like, I'm rushing in and I'm just going to put shit out there and hope that somebody picks it up and likes it. It's about, again, really understanding your ideal client, what their pain points are so that what is considered valuable to them, right? I think this is a hard one. I've put you on the spot here. I see what you think of this. Give it to me. Because I can't, this is the problem I see with um, content creators specifically, food content creators. When we feel like we're providing value, it's a lot of the, 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 um, the perspective that they take when they're make, making content is, I'm going to educate them on why they need my photos. Do you get what I'm saying? And I'm like, to me, I'm like, I don't know how much value that adds to the conversation, right? Like that becomes more of a like, hey, this is why you need me. It comes out of a like, I don't know if it's like scarcity or if it's just like I'm here adding value, but really the value you're trying to add is to yourself. Do you get what I'm saying? Like we're like, like I get it. Yes, we have to educate the customer and educate the client and say like, yeah, this is what the power of professionally curated content is. But I feel like it could go further than that. What do you think? I, I think when you take it a step further, it's it becomes what does having these curated photos do for you? Mm-hmm. What what would what would what would be the worst thing that could happen if you didn't have this? Mm-hmm. Like focus on on the pain points. Like what are you missing out on by not having mm-hmm. this? It's not that yeah. they need you to solve the problem. They just need the problem solved. It could be you or somebody else. It doesn't necessarily even need to be your photos. But there's something about the way that you're curating yours that is going to attract others. Absolutely. Other, you're not you're not going to attract everybody. We're not for we're not for everybody. You are one of one and the people that are going to like know and trust you are people that are going to like your vibe and what you're putting out there. So you do not need to create content that's meant to attract everyone either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's about getting really specific. And I like what you said about like, okay, but what does having those photos do for them? And like, what happens if they don't? Because what I see a lot of is like, you need professional images to sell your food. It's like, no shit, no shit. Like we all know that. Um, and I'm not trying to call anybody out. I'm just, I am trying to call people out because that's, that's my style. I call it out so that we could do better. That's not being helpful. Showing up and saying like, you need professional images because professional images want make people want to go to your restaurant. No shit. People know that, right? And it's why like when I work with my clients and we get to the ideal client avatar part, we really go into like, who are you talking to? Because they'll say like, one thing that I hear frequently is like my ICA is sustainable brands. I'm like, cool. What does that mean? Because the sustainable brand that's at the farmer's market locally is a hell of a lot different than the sustainable brand that's in like a multinational uh, grocery store chain. 
and they have completely different stress points and they have completely different pain points and completely different what ifs. If this happens, then this happens and this happens. Um, and so I think like it's part and parcel, right, for them to show up on LinkedIn. I know I'm going I'm going off on a tangent here now, but I think before we can show up and pr- put that value valuable content out there, it's about knowing the person, yes, they need what you're serving, you know, they need what you're dishing up, but like from a standpoint of empathy too, like what's your tangible problem? What's the emotional transformation the person's going to go through? How is this going to better their lives? How is it maybe not going to better their lives? Like, like you said, worst case scenario, what are the stakes? And really showing up and being like, I want to help you because I know that it's about more than just the photos. Yeah. And as you're talking about sustainable brands, as, as your example, let's, let's take that a little bit deeper, sustainable brands, what does that mean to you? Tell people exactly. what that means to you or and and find out what it means to, to your audience too. Are mm-hmm. you getting ingredients locally sourced from a specific place? Are you getting, are you making sure that the labor is, you know, mm-hmm. slavery free or whatever the, the term is, but like how, how are things curated? How, how are they getting their resources? And yeah. are you like somebody that's only going to use like antibiotic free, cage free, hormone free, mm-hmm. all, all the free things, animals? Like, are you only getting your produce that doesn't have any fertilizer on it? Like, do they only use certain ingredients to make that thing happen? What is it that you're attracting and find the brands that care about those things? Absolutely. Because people buy with emotion, right? Yeah. They'll be like, they use logic to back it up. So they'll find somebody who they really like and they'll connect on an emotional level, philosophical level, and then they'll use logic and reason to back up the idea to purchase from somebody, right? Which then becomes the, oh, I need some photos for my website, right? But that's not what hooks them. What hooks them is that knowing you and understanding you on a deeper level, which from what you're saying about LinkedIn, LinkedIn sounds like a great place to step up and let people get to know you on that deeper, meaningful level because there's so much that you can put there. You can put an awful lot there and it's growing more and more. Uh, and one thing- But also a way to curate conversations, it sounds like as well, right? Like curate the conversations that you're having with people about certain topics and things. Absolutely. I would, and we've, we talk about this on other platforms too. You've heard this all the time, but like you have your four pillars, right? You have like your mission, your values, the things that you're, the problems that you're solving. And like maybe your fourth one is, is your experiences, how you've transformed yourself in order to grow your business, whatever your four pillars of content are. And the premise is the same on LinkedIn. Maybe you have five pillars, maybe you have three, whatever that looks like. For, for you and your brand, but you're going to talk to the same things, talk about the same things over and over and over again, because you're not always going to hit the same audience. If it shows your content to like, whatever the algorithm suggests, 10% mm-hmm. of your audience at a time. As that expands, as people interact with it, it's going to push it out to more and more people. So the same people that saw it the first time around aren't going to necessarily be the same people that see it 10 minutes later, an hour later, 24 hours later, two weeks later, three months later, whatever that timeline is, it's evergreen content. The same people aren't always the ones who are going to keep coming back to it. Yes, you want them. You hope that the same people are going to keep coming back to it, but you're also attracting new people every single time. So to reshare your message in different ways over and over and over again, 
You want to be talking about the same relevant things all the time. That's what's important to you, your brand, and that's how you build the authority so that other people get to like, know, and trust Mm -hmm. you too. And I think that's the part that I see that gets left out. Like I think sometimes we think like, okay, I'm putting on my business hat and it needs to be all business and I can only talk about my niche and I can only talk about this. And people forget like, no, like there's a person behind what you do. You're a service-based entrepreneur. And there's that, I think a type of connection, like a deep connection is really missed if you don't provide the opportunity for people to get to know you and your values and the things that you care about and the things that just make you you. It's it's a roadmap, right? Your profile, your entire LinkedIn online presence should connect the dots of where you started and how you got to where you are now and where you want to get going. It's not going to be linear. It's not always going to have the same nice flow as some other people's. It doesn't need to. You want to make sure that what you're putting out there, people can look at at your content, your profile, everything that you're putting out there and be able to say, oh, she started here. This is how she got here. This is why she's doing this. This is how she's how she's going to end up here. I see. I can see this roadmap, this navigation, the path that she's on. And I understand with it. I I can connect with it. because at any point along in your journey, people are going to gravitate towards something that they can relate to. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always need to be this end point or the point where you are right now. They want to know where you came from because your struggles might also be their struggles. Absolutely. So what are like, let's talk about success stra- success strategies on LinkedIn. Like what, are, what do you see that's happening right now that people are doing on LinkedIn that is like, a good use of time, a good use of energy. I always say ROE, your return on energy. Yeah. So first and foremost, we already talked about the cover story. Please, please, please add one, especially as a creator. It is a great way to pitch yourself (laughs) in 30 seconds or less. And most people are not doing this. Um, I don't have one. I'm like whispering. I don't know if the mic would pick that up. I'm like, I don't have one because I don't have one. I am making a to-do list right now. I'm like, I'm going to do this and this and this. I'm going to get my LinkedIn sorted out by the end of the year. But sorry, continue. Start with the cover story you're saying. Cover story. So important. Uh, Also, if you do not have a LinkedIn banner image, utilize this area as well. I call it my prime real estate area. It's part of that that top area where people really decide in like five seconds or less, probably like three seconds or less, whether or not they want to know more about you. So if you do not have a LinkedIn banner image, uh, this is really a great opportunity to go above and beyond your typical cityscape, landscape, pictures of flowers, the beach. Do you think like it has to be a portfolio? Like as a food content creator, it should be pictures of work that they've created or should it be like something graphical? Like I think, I think that's dealer's choice. Honestly, I think play around with a few different things. Mm -hmm. I updated my LinkedIn banner today. So I play around with it often because as I evolve, as my brand evolves, my wording slightly changes or Mm -hmm. I want to test things out and see if this word attracts more people than this word. I do have images and word together because although that text is then flat and can't be like, you can't grab it and search from it, you can still capture your audience based on what you say. Yeah, it grabs your attention. 
And so a lot of people make the mistake of, like I said, using a, a standard um, landscape or cityscape. A picture of a lake. A, a, picture, yeah, like a picture that just looks water, pretty. A water ripple, yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't tell me anything about that person. It might look really great. It's really enticing. Okay, they went above above and beyond to not having any profile image at all, but have something that speaks to the problem that you solve for other people. If you want to use one of your images as a photographer, fantastic. Put your logo on it so that people know that it's your image because at least then then I know that that's what you do. Put something in there that's going to tell me that this is not just a pretty picture. It's your pretty picture. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So go above and beyond what most people are still not doing in this day and age. Have a LinkedIn banner that speaks to who you are, what you do, and who you do it for. And if you can add words in there that tell people what problem you solve, great. Otherwise, the next thing that I want you to do is curate your headline. So again, mm. in this prime real estate area, you're focusing on this very top area of your profile. You've got your banner image. You've got your your profile image. Take a headshot with your take a selfie with your phone. If you could probably do that as a photographer better than most people, um, so definitely utilize that area. The cover story, your headline will sum it all up for people. So, pro tip: when you are customizing your headline, I want you to do it from your desktop as opposed to your mobile device. You'll get a lot more space and bang for your buck to add in more characters. Uh, for whatever reason, it doesn't let you save as much when you go from your phone. So, do it from your desktop. Get as many characters into that space as you possibly can. The other thing that I want you to do with your headline is put the most valuable statement first in that first line. When you're going through your feed, when other people are scrolling through, that's always going to be visible, whether they've clicked on your profile or not. And so put the most important keywords in that beginning statement. You can add more keywords. You can add more um, career experience and capture people's attention through the whole thing once they're on your profile a little bit more. But that biggest value add is going to be in the beginning of that statement. So prioritize that. So get a cover video or what did you call it? Cover? A cover video? story. See, cover story. See, that I'm learning. I'm processing. Cover video, cover story, the banner, and then your bio, which is called your headline. Yes? Yes. We're doing some translating here. You can tell I've spent like the last 10 years on Instagram or whatever, however long it's been. All right. So once we got those things set up, then like, what do they do? Like, what can they, what strategies can they employ for being successful on LinkedIn? Well, like we've got the grounds. People are going to go and be like, I'm ready. They're going to go and they're going to do those three things because you just told them to. And then they're going to be like, yeah, now what? Okay. Now what? So now one thing especially that you can take advantage of as a LinkedIn creator, uh, you can turn on service provider mode. Um, Ooh, you should have the, everybody should have access to this now. And so you can sell without selling. You can promote your services. Um, and it shows up right underneath this that prime hmm. real estate area uh, where you can say that you provide services. And I think you can select up to five it doesn't list everything right now, but go in and see what services are available to list. And you can list up to five different things. I think I have career development on there. I have training. I have uh, 
marketing strategy, a few others that are all relevant to branding is on there, a few others that are relevant to building your, your LinkedIn brand and your online presence. Um, and that way other people can find you there. You, it, you can create like a head, a, a profile page for yourself in that space you don't have the full profile like you do on your it's like a profile inside a profile you Hmm. can put like a more detailed who you are and who you serve what your services are you can link to your your specific like service page and you can give hashtags that are relevant for you and your industry uh what else can you do with service provider you can say whether you work remotely or in a specific area Hmm. and i think it's a good way to put yourself out there as a service provider. Yeah. Um, so again, sell without selling, like you're sell just showing selling, up in just, those yeah. spaces. And showing one, up, but letting people know what you do. Yeah. And one thing that's, that's new is you can ask your former clients and other people that are in your space, doesn't even need to be clients to validate the things that you're doing. You can get reviews oh, cool, in this cool, area. Cool. So it's just another place to boost your credibility. Add those testimonials, get those reviews. And again, they don't even need to be from from clients. They could just be from other people that are doing things in the same spaces that you are. That yeah, know people you well. that can vouch that you know what you're talking mm-hmm. about, right? That can vouch for your ability. My mind is like the wheels in my head are turning right now because I'm like LinkedIn sounds like a miniature version of the internet. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like everything that's in the internet is here. It's I'm thinking I'm like, that's like a Google review, but it's a Google review, but it's in LinkedIn. So it's literally this like mini version, like I'm saying miniature version of the internet, every single thing that you could put out there, but in this one space. So when somebody does come across your profile, there's a really good opportunity to hit them with a lot of memorable content, but to make an impact, right? And to leave a, an impression like so that they actually remember you. Yeah. My question that I have for you is the connecting with people. Like, how do, how do you do that? Like, I, you follow people, you connect, there's a difference, isn't oh, there? there? Is, it's it's confusing, <laughs> Like, you're laughing, right? but I'm like, I don't even know. I get these requests. I'm like, I don't know what this means. This person wants to follow me or connect with me. I'm like, there's two different, well, do I say yes? I don't know who this person is, so... They are Could you not, just explain yeah. what that what those two things mean? Because they're not the same, and I still don't understand. So yeah, exactly. They're not mutually exclusive at all. So what happens is when you go to, you have connections and you have followers. Um, and when you connect with someone, you are automatically following them. But the reverse okay. is not necessarily true. You can follow without connecting. Correct. But if you connect, you automatically follow. Yes. Got and it. You can then go in and you can have connections and unre- and remove the follow. It just it's a little bit more of a process. Like let's say I've I've been I'm now th- almost 3 years into Shell Station, right? But before that, I had a career. I had something else that I was doing. I built up connections with people. Now, I'm doing something totally different. I'm in a different space but I don't want to remove those original connections that I had. They might still be valuable. They're still part of my network, even if they're not in the spaces where I'm showing up. So what I do instead of wiping out all of them is I'll go through, yes, this can be time consuming because you don't, you can't like just select all and remove all at once, but you want to go through them then and you can unfollow people where you don't want to see their content. Like where they're saying, what's the difference? So if you're following them, you see their content, but if you're connected, you're seeing their content, but you're vouching for the fact that you have a personal connection with them. Is that the idea? Correct. Yeah. So when, when you're like connected with friendship. somebody, you can message them. They're part of your first degree. 
right? You have when, all- when you're connected, you can message someone? Yes. Got it. Okay. But you can't, can you message followers or no? You, you can message followers, depending on their privacy settings, you can message followers, mm. I believe, up to two, two degrees away. Oh, it's like Kevin Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. And so the further is that a food you- reference? It is. Bacon, right? Yeah. <laughs> the further removed you are from having that initial first degree connection, the less likely you are to be able to interact with them one-on-one. Does it cut down on spam at all, do you think? Like, so that people just can't DM you and be like, hey, boss, babe, do you want to make this much money this week? Here, Like, you know, when they send you the hearts and the flowers like, that you get on Instagram. It, I wouldn't say that you definitely will get less spam, um, but you're more intentional with what you allow into your space. Right. You okay. Keep, you keep your boundaries a little tighter that yeah. way. Um, where, where it works in reverse, though, where you do want to be followed. I follow a lot more people than I'm connected with. And the reason for this is because you want to have your inbound and your outbound. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by this is like, there's people whose content I really relate to. Um, there's, there's influencers that I follow. Mm-hmm. Um, there's content creators that I follow. I can learn from them. I can engage with them. I can be in the same spaces with them, but I don't really need to be showing up and doing the same things as them. So I'm really intentional with like following certain people where like I can learn from them and still not be connected with them. I can, I can absorb and learn from their content. And if I want to connect with them without having to be connected with them, I use air quotes for that. I know you can't see it in audio, (laughs) but uh, if you want to be air quote connected with them without being a first degree connection, you can still engage with their posts. Even okay. if you're not connected. So you just send connection requests to people that you like legitimately know in real life somehow. Where you want to or... build the relationship. Okay. So you can like try to send a cold connection request to people. Probably not the best. Yeah. I'm not a strategy? fan of the cold connection no. requests. What I do instead is I engage with their stuff first. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, or I get them to engage with my stuff. And so I know that sounds weird. I know that that might be a little bit spammy in some cases. No, no. I'm just thinking like for someone who's starting up LinkedIn and they're trying to like build their network, a confusion point might be like, okay, I found somebody. Do I click follow or click connect? And you're saying you click follow if it's someone who's like content you want to consume and you want to be seeing, but you can like connect if it's someone that you have more of a IRL connection with or virtual connection. Yeah. There's some actual link between you and that person. If they already know you in real life or you've already communicated in some way, send them, send them a connection request. Add a note in case they don't remember people connect with so many people every single day, every single week, they might not remember you from a hole in the wall. I'm sorry, but it's true. We interact with so many people on a regular Mm -hmm. basis. So add a note when you send a connection request to remind that person how you know each other, what you connected on, what you've discussed in the past, how you relate, something that will remind them and like. Just jog the memory a little bit, but also like it takes the edge off that it's not this random request coming in. It's like, 
If you got in an elevator with somebody that you knew, you'd smile and be like, hey, remember that time we, <laughs> you know, you'd have a conversation. Or if you bump into somebody on the street, you'd have like a little chat with them quickly. Yeah. You know when you wave to see someone and you wave and you're like, I know them, but I can't remember how I know them. And I know like you're scanning in your brain, you remember their face. So you're just helping people, nudging them along a little bit. Jog their memory. Um, yeah. That's the phrase I was I was thinking of and I was on the tip of my tongue. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get it out. So thank you for finishing that thought. Um, but when on the... On the other hand, when you're following somebody, they don't know if they don't know you yet, especially if they don't know you yet, you follow them first to engage with their stuff. That way you're top of mind. That way they see you a few times in their comments and be like, oh, well, I guess Jen really like does like what I have to say. I guess, you know, this is valuable for her. And then the more that they see you interacting with their stuff, then go in and send the connection request. And then it's then it's less spammy because mm-hmm. then you've already built up that like that seed. You've planted the seed of like, I want to talk to them. They have something that I want. I have something that I can give them. Um, you can keep the conversation going a little bit more by taking the conversation from posts, from comments into the DMs mm-hmm. that way. It becomes a little bit more organic and, yeah. and less frustrating. Yeah, for sure. I have a lot, to, a lot to think about. My brain is like, literally, I wish you could see the wheels. <laughs> like, I'm thinking about, I'm like, this is, it. it's very clear, like how, yeah, we do need to be on LinkedIn as creators and people that work with brands and businesses. And I think there's frustration coming with um, spending all our time on Instagram. Um, a lot of content creators do, are told that you need to pitch brands. I'm using air quotes. People can't see. You need to pitch brands to get work. Um, and that's that's the extent of the vi- advice. It's like, okay, let's pitch. You're going to pitch brands. You're going to send them emails or this or that. Or they'll say like, just follow brands that you like and DM them. Um, and that's hard to do, right? It's not totally an effective strategy, but this seems like a more effective way to start to actually build a relationship or uh, like a network of people and brands and companies that you want to work with. And then when you do pitch them, if you do do like a cold pitch in an email or whatever, they're going to probably re- recognize your name a little bit easier yeah. than on Instagram. It seems more curated, I think, and intentional. That's what I'm getting from in, from uh, LinkedIn versus Instagram, where Instagram is just like, it's a content beast. Like, it's like, you got to feed it every day where you're like more, 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 and you just got to keep putting out stuff or you disappear, right? Where this seems more like, okay, like slow down, take a breather, think about what you want to put out here and intentionally build your brand and build your network. Would you agree? And it's not a cold DM. It's not a cold pitch at that point. It's a warm lead. Absolutely. It's it's a warmer conversation that takes the pressure off you. It takes the pressure off them. And even if they don't buy from you right away, even if they don't hire you right away, they are still building that trust with you, that relationship to maybe hire you or need you down the line. Mm-hmm. And so on Instagram, we're told so often selling happens in the DMs. How many times have you heard that? I've heard that like so time. many times All this year. All the time. Yeah, I know. Selling does not need to happen in the DMs. In no. fact, you don't even need to mention that you're trying to sell someone on, on LinkedIn in order to get the sale. Right. I like that. I think it just sounds more organic, right? More natural. It's like we're all professionals and creatives and 
we're very skilled at what we do and people do like to talk about what they do and they like to have conversations and connect on a more meaningful level, right? Like I was saying, like the Instagram thing right now just feels like, feels, ugh, feels like a beast that you have to keep feeding to keep it alive and to stop it from killing you. <laughs> but LinkedIn seems like, hmm, this is a nice little business retreat that I could go to and hang out for a few days. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you before we kind of like wrap up with some last things about LinkedIn was like, the algorithm is a thing that just stresses everybody out, right? With Instagram. What is LinkedIn like? Is it like a thing where it's like, yeah, you got to show up every day, post content every day. What do you think is like a best practice for putting content on LinkedIn in terms of timing and whatnot? Yeah, I I think it depends. One, I think it depends on the industry that you're targeting, whether or not which days of the week work best for you to post. I find that I don't need to post every single day. In fact, I don't post every nice. single day. But what I do. So many people listening are like, yes. <laughs> this I, is what we're here. Yeah. We like like evergreen, a little more passive, something that gives you some time back. Yeah. I do not post every single day. Maybe I post like twice a week. But for the most part, what I'm doing is I'm engaging on people's posts, on company posts every single day. And you know what? Even that does not need to be a time suck. Spend 10 minutes in the morning or 10 minutes in the evening, 10 minutes during your lunch break, whatever the best time of day that feels sustainable for you. I tell my clients this all the time. Pick a time of day that feels sustainable for you. And if you've done a good job to curate your feed to be the things that are important to you and the things that you want to see and interact with, you're not really doing that much work to scroll through your feed like like you're spinning a wheel and wherever mm-hmm. it lands and you're like okay this person said something is interesting here's what i can add mm-hmm. to the conversation here's why this is important to me here's why other people should listen to this yeah and choose 3 to 5 posts a day that you want to interact with it's i'm not way telling more i'm not te- yeah. telling you to like break the cycle i'm not telling you to reinvent the wheel or like well, that's just it i'm like it sounds like a content repurposing platform really it's like these like food photographers bloggers content creators we've been making content forever people have blogs people have facebook posts from back when facebook was like a big thing it's not so much anymore i mean it is a little bit but uh people have tons of instagram posts we have tons of content and it's like there's this other place where we could just start showing up and repurposing it and putting it out there and reaching a whole other group of people. Yeah. Like you said, three to five, I could do three to five posts at like interacting a day. I think where people's brain gets warped, it's like that advice that who knows if this is true. This is like the urban legend of Instagram where they say like, you need to be active for 20 minutes before and then 20 minutes after. And it's like, what the fuck? I just gave you like 40 minutes of my day, probably an hour by the time you've posted yours and fixed the reel because it's, you know, eating your text or whatever. Um, and so there it's that, that it makes you like time poor almost, right? Like you think of like, you got to do to commit an hour to it. And if you're just committing, you know, 10, 15 minutes a day, a couple times a week, like you're saying, yeah. Why not? Right. It's not like, don't think about it. Like, okay, I got to go make all this new stuff. Like look back at what you've got and be like, okay, what, what could I try posting today? Yeah. And, and so once you build up that like 10 to 15 minutes a day, of course, if you feel confident and like you're, you're 
enjoying the conversations and you're finding more and more things and it's not a time suck for you, engage more by all means. I'm not telling Absolutely. you to limit yourself, yeah. but do what's sustainable for you. And, mm-hmm. and engagement, I think is the biggest piece because you want to give, you want to add value. And the easiest way to do that is by adding value on something that already exists on, on mm-hmm. someone else's post. And that also builds your authority, your credibility, and your following, your visibility by commenting on other people's posts where that you're not already connected to, but yeah. that in spaces where you do want to be, because then you're getting their viewers eyes on your content, on your comments. They Absolutely. might like what you have to say in somebody else's yeah. post. And then there that dr- gravitates to them looking at your profile and they're like, Oh, I want to get to know more about Jen. Let me see what yeah. else she has to say. What else has she commented on? Let me go look at her activity. Mm-hmm. What's she doing now? And then that becomes a space where they can go look at the content that you have created yourself. It doesn't need to be the most like in the moment, like p- thing that you posted the same day or last mm-hmm. week. It's evergreen. Yeah, it's not super time sense. I was gonna say it's evergreen. It's like blogging SEO. There's a little more um, longevity with the stuff that you put there versus like, oh, I'm posting this reel and I hope it goes viral because I've got like 24 hours before it dies, you know, Yeah. Um, which I think helps take the edge off. And something that you, I do want to touch on that you did mention about Instagram is, is being active, you know, 20 minutes before and 20 minutes after. Yeah. When you are posting your own content on LinkedIn, the, something similar is true. I'm not going to mm-hmm. give you a time frame because right. I, I'm not an algorithm expert by any means. But you do want to be active at least for the first 10 to 20 minutes afterwards. Yeah. Some might even say an hour because yeah. people that engage with your post or view your post within that first amount of time is what's going to make the algorithm push it out even more. Right. And I think the algorithm is just a fact of life wherever we are, right? On like whatever platform. It's going to promote it or penalize it. But I think what the difference is, is that the content on LinkedIn has a more of an evergreen element to it than Instagram does. So there's that potential that, yes, people find you on there, then they go down the rabbit hole and they can look at all your stuff and there's a good, uh, a good ROE, right? A good return on energy there. Um, Is there anything else you want to let people know about LinkedIn for creatives, content creators, foodies, before we wrap up and talk about you and what you do? Well, we only just scratched the surface. I know. Uh, (laughs) uh, Okay. Where can people go if they want to learn about LinkedIn or if you had, okay, no way. Let's back up. Hi, Shell. I'm a food content creator and I don't have LinkedIn. What would you like to say to me? Well, I think it's important to start where you are right? You don't have to have it all figured out today or even tomorrow. Start with what you you know about yourself and what you're doing and who you serve right now. Where can people find you? Exactly what you're asking me, actually. Mm-hmm. But create it for yourself. You already have all the goods, especially as a creator, especially as a professional that offers services to other people. You have everything you need you just need to find a way to showcase it and and put it together in a way that attracts your your audience. And amazing. If you and can do, do it, it, do it now. <laughs> if you can do it on other platforms, <laughs> more power to be for you to be able to do it on LinkedIn because once you start using and navigating LinkedIn, LinkedIn is like 
the sum of all things. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so overwhelming (laughs) is because it's not just one thing or the other. It's like everything combined. Absolutely. So how do we find out more about LinkedIn? How do we, like, where do people go to find you? You seem to have a wealth of knowledge. So how do we connect with you and how can we learn from you? Yeah. So I'm going to start with the learning factor. So if you are on the Clubhouse platform, uh, this is an audio platform where we can learn from each other. Uh, I am part of the Thought Leadership Branding Club. And on Thursdays, I co-moderate a group with Melanie Wexler and Bill McLean. And we teach LinkedIn 101, Becoming a Rockstar. This is Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, So if you want to learn more about how to craft your LinkedIn profile and build a presence that stands out and attracts the right audience, come join us on Thursdays. Again, that's at 7 p.m. Eastern in the Thought Leadership Branding Group on Clubhouse. Awesome. Uh, I'll put the notes, that in the notes for people too. Yeah, absolutely. I know it's a mouthful. It's like one group. It'll all be in the show notes. (laughs) Uh, The other places that you can find me and learn more about me and what I do and how I can help people curate their brand and stand out from the crowd on LinkedIn specifically uh, on Instagram. I'm at Shell Station on LinkedIn. I am Michelle Shapiro NYC. And you can always find me on my website at shellstation.com. Again, Jen will link all of these great things in the show notes for you. Okay. So for those of us that are listening and are like, yes, I am ready to amp up my LinkedIn, how can they work with you? What sort of services do you provide? And what is like, what does working with you look like? Well, especially if you've been putting yourself out there for a while and you're not hearing back, you're missing opportunities, you just don't know what you're doing wrong. Uh, I work with people one-on-one, specifically creatives just like you, to implement and design your personal branding strategy. So that means we're going to go into your LinkedIn profile and either build it from scratch or refresh it to show people exactly who you are and what you can do for them. This includes weekly check-ins, engagement, and also for creatives who are listening to Brandcamp, we'll repurpose some of your content so that you can highlight it exactly the way that you intend for it to engage with people and the correct audience right here on LinkedIn. So all you have to do is mention Brandcamp when you're listening to this episode and we'll be good to go. Awesome. So we'll put notes in or I'll put info in the show notes about how people can connect with you on that. And I bet you there's going to be a lot of people being like, all right, I know what I'm doing today. (laughs) Like, I know what I'm doing for the rest of the week. I'm like, "Hmm, my to-do list is long. But um, I think you've made it really evident that it's not something to be scared of. Like LinkedIn is, you're right. When you say like, we are content creators professionally, we know how to make stuff and put it out there. It's just about learning a new platform. And I think what's really been um, eye-opening for me is to just, to see how robust and like how much opportunity is actually in this one space it really you should not be scared of it it can't it seems so overwhelming <laughs> I and I know it it is that way for so many people you're like why do I need to be on it like why do I need another platform but once you start using it it's really not that complicated at all and yeah. in fact it does so much more than any other platform combined 
Absolutely. I was just going to say like, okay, so maybe you say, yeah, let me get on another platform, but maybe that means you can drop one of your other platforms because what if this is your needle mover, right? Like what if LinkedIn is the social media platform that's going to drive your business, right? And have you actually networking with the people that want to work with you, not just colleagues, like it's colleagues as well, but there's professional opportunities there. So I look at it like, yeah, it's another platform, but what could it free up in your time in life, right? If it gets going and it's working for you, you might not have to worry about posting on Instagram every single day or being as active in Facebook groups. Like it might be your, your secret sauce to end with a food, <laughs> food bun. Yeah. And why, oh, do, you, I make why do you need laugh. to tire yourself out, like serving things up and dishing, dishing things out on so many platforms when Absolutely. LinkedIn could just be the one thing that you need? Yeah, it might be. Awesome. Well, it was awesome to have you here. I am so grateful that we've had this conversation because I feel like I have wrapped my head around it now. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do these things. And I now feel like I, when I go on the, like on the platform, on the website or on my phone, on the app, I will be able to kind of navigate around it a bit better and understand like, what are these things and what do these words mean? So thank you from my own bottom of my own heart for helping me out. Um, yeah. And who knows, maybe I'll get you to come on again and do like a LinkedIn 2.0 for season two or something. That sounds like a great awesome. idea. I look forward right. to it. And it's time to stop sticking spaghetti against the wall. You know how to, Absolutely. You know how to make cook your pasta. Let's make it work. Awesome. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Brand Camp Podcast. If you found this episode insightful, inspiring, or interesting, I would really love your support. There are two key things you can do to support the growth of this podcast so that it reaches other food content creators. Number one is subscribe. Subscribing is totally free and it means you'll never miss an episode. And lastly, leave us a review. Five-star reviews and positive feedback really help with podcast rankings within the apps and it helps others find this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and I can't wait to dive further into these topics with you. Again, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Jennifer Hulley, and I'll talk to you soon.